King David is, remember what it says in the scripture, I found a man after my own heart. It was King David, right? Mm-hmm. King David did things um, between him and the Lord. It wasn't for public show. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think about the times before he became king, because, you know, in, in the scriptures, you know, it talks about, I'm going to give some Cliff Notes version of scriptures today. You know, David was in the field tending his flock. He was content. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be king. Why is that? Because he was, you know, and if you'll read in the Psalms, he explains what was happening while he was out there in the field, how he was in union with with God. Mm -hmm. He was aware of him in just the simplest things. And he was like, he was doing supernatural things. And it was just him. Remember when he said, you know, God's given me the lion and, and the bear, you know, when he was protecting the, the um, sheep, when they came to him and they're like, how are you going to beat a giant? And he's like, he delivered me from the lion and the bear. He was doing supernatural things and no one was around. Hmm. There was no broadcasting because I started this by saying that we all have our own broadcasting companies in our pockets with our phones. Mm-hmm. He wasn't broadcasting it. He wasn't, it, this wasn't something that needed to be delivered to the world. But there was a time where David was called on because he was anointed to be the king. He was, that was the one that he chose. But there was a time, and, and at that time, all of that that he did by himself with the Lord came out into the public, and people could see what it was that God had in him and who David was and how, what it means to be a man after God's own heart. God doesn't need publicity. And I know that seems that could be a little controversial. Be like, well, well, the airwaves are filled with filth and the devil. Jamin, you must get out there and you must reveal God to people. You can't just hide your light under a bushel. Okay, hide your light under a bushel means that when someone asks you if you're a Christian, you deny it. <laughs> that would be hiding your light under a bushel. Mm-hmm. God does not need PR. He created the heaven of heavens. He created everything in it. He created the earth. It is all his. He does not need press people, Okay. The only time, ignorance, I always tell people this, never underestimate ignorance. (laughs) Never underestimate it, especially if you're a thinker. If you're a thinker, you'll think other people think, and you'll be wrong about that, because other people do not think, Mm -hmm. because thinking is hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. And spiritually, exercising yourself spiritually, if you haven't done it before, it may be hard work at the beginning. I'm going to, and what do I mean by spiritual exercise? Well, for me, the simplest thing is, like the scripture says, acknowledge God. What does that mean? It means I'm aware of him. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of his presence around me. I'm aware of him within me. I'm aware of God right now. I'm becoming aware of him, and I'm now aware of his presence. I'm not only aware of him, now I became aware of him. Guess what else I became aware of? The angels, you know? I became aware of the saints, the church in heaven. It's a wonderful church. Mm-hmm. And guess what the church in heaven is? It's a part of what we're doing. You don't stop mm-hmm. just because you're in the church in heaven. We still have things to do on the earth. We're just doing them from different places. And what we're doing is we're contributing to each other. So when I think of David and I think of the heart that he has, you know, he wasn't even there when Samuel was anointing 
when he was picking out a person to anoint from from uh, his from his family, his brothers. He wasn't even there. Where's David? Oh, he's in the field. You know why? David had tasted of the of the thing of the kingdom to come. He was already there. He was already out in the field with the sheep. Why is that? Because he was content. Why was he content? Because godliness with contentment, the scripture says, is great gain. He didn't need to go and, you know, because you'll, you'll look sometimes in the world and you'll see people clamoring. Have you ever seen a person clamoring? You know what I mean? Like clamoring? It's like, it's like, hey, everyone, come and get it. You know, and you got your hand up and somebody's like, ding, ding, ding. And then all the people come, they're clamoring to get, you know, like a sweepstakes or a lottery or whatever. And everyone's clamoring to get, you know, because, because they're trying to get to the top. You know, like if you ever hear the, the crab, the, the crabs in a bucket mentality, you know, you can put a whole bunch of crabs in a bucket and keep the lid off of it because they'll never get out. Because the because when they're trying to get out, the other crabs will pull them back down. Yeah, you know, true. so you just leave them in the bucket. They won't ever get out because they're they're so ambitious to get out yeah. that they'll they'll just keep each other I've in the bucket forever. You know, yeah. and and that's the world. That's the world yeah. for you. That's how the world works. Yeah, they just pull each other down. They yeah. they'll never get out of the bucket. No. And that's the way it is in the world. Everybody's looking out. They're clamoring. What are they yeah. clamoring for? A thing they don't have. Exactly right. But what do you have? And see, that's where intimacy and union and, and being aware of our oneness with God comes into play. And that's what David has. He's a man after God's own heart. In other words, what we're seeing here is heart-to-heart union. Mm-hmm. Not something you have to go get, but something that got you. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to go get Jesus. Jesus got you. True. <laughs> he got you. And what is, what is the gospel is that message. The good news that God got you (laughs) and you had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so what do we say? We say, I agree. I agree. In my heart, I agree with what God did in me. I am a new person now because of Jesus. Not because of anything I did, but because of what he did in me. And I agree with that. And that's all that that is. And it's living in that agreement. Living in that place, living in that place of agreement with what Jesus thinks about us. Mm-hmm. So let's look at David for a second, because I think he just is an amazing person, mm-hmm. and um, and you know he does a lot nowadays with people. There's people that have met him, spoken to him. He's been helping people with different things. David in heaven, not here on earth. David isn't on the earth; he's in heaven. But when you're in the spirit and you're in your communion with the Lord, and there's people and there's things and there's angels and there's different ones that we may encounter. Mm-hmm. David is one of them. He's a very, we, and we, you know, the other thing about the church in heaven, the church on earth, we honor each other. You know, for me, sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed sometimes with some of the people that I get introduced to. Sure. Even on the earth, you might feel that way. You know, you meet a famous person, whenever you're like, Ooh, they're just a person. But now, imagine the people that you meet in heaven, okay? They have a lot of experience, mm-hmm. okay? It's experience we need. We need that experience. Do you want experience of a person who's been here 100 years or 1,000 years or 10,000 years? You see, we need the experience. We need the wisdom that comes from above, mm-hmm. not the lower realm wisdom. This is why one of the first times I tell people this is so, it's so crazy. because I remember sitting in church like about 10, 10 11 years ago. And I'm listening to the message like I do every week. I'm an associate pastor, you know. And I, and I open up my Bible and I go through it. And, I, and I, I just start doing a little search for some of the other books. Mm-hmm. And I look in there and I see anti-Nicene Father's writings. And it's dozens of books. 
Well, I know what that means. These are the apostles' disciples. We have all their writings, what they wrote about. And I'm sitting there and I have... They had disciples. Mm, the people who followed The them. people that, that, that Jesus' apostles, the apostles of the Lamb, as they're called in the scripture, had their own disciples and they wrote stuff. And I sat there and I said, I have a giant library. Like we had a huge bookstore at the time, all sorts of writings from really great people, awesome teachers and ministers of God, great teaching. I mean, we had a top-notch uh, library. And it was a bookstore, actually. You had to, you had to buy them. You couldn't, you couldn't rent them. But, but then you had a copy of them. Um, and I said, why don't we know about these guys? Yeah. And it was a really, it was a puzzle to me that, that we had so much teaching and so many things, and yet nobody had ever spoken to, to me about the early, what we call the early church fathers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I kind of did a little discovery of them. I realized the kind of things that they taught, um, some of the things that we teach in our modern churches, they actually call them heresy. One of the biggest heresies that you find is it's called the the heresy of Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism, believe it or not, is prevalent. And Gnosticism is is the teaching that the physical world is evil and only the invisible spiritual world is good. And it goes so far, if you follow it all the way through, to say that Jesus didn't even have a physical body. Because if he did, then he would be evil. And it is a heresy. Now, our teachings in the modern church are kind of a hybrid Gnosticism. So we don't teach Jesus didn't have um, a spiritual body, but we do teach strongly that the physical world is evil. And that is the teaching of Gnosticism. And the early church fathers fought that teaching so hard, they continually fought it. And I think they would be a little sad to see how well accepted it is in our modern church because it really is a heresy. Because the physical world is not evil. It is not. Is it is parts of the physical world under the influence of sin? It is, but it is not evil. Mm-hmm. God made it good and God called it good. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus came, he came in a physical body. Because you got to remember this. If Jesus could come in a physical body and be the pure spotless lamb of God, what does that say about our body? Mm. It means the potential we have in the physical body is pretty much unlimited. Mm. In the physical body. Because it's important for us. Remember we talked about the five physical senses at the beginning? Mm-hmm. It's important for us to become that bridge, that gate, mm-hmm. that door between the heavenly and the earthly. We're that door. That's the human body. You are a gate. You are a door. Lift up your head, heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Right? The right. King the King of glory. Who is the King of glory? It's Jesus. So we're the ones that are the connecting point between heaven and earth. Now, how are we? Through, through Christ. Through Christ. It's always through him. You can't do this stuff without Christ. Mm-hmm. People teach you can do stuff without Christ. You can't do stuff without Christ. Mm-hmm. You are not your own personal Christ. Right. You are not your own personal savior. Trust me. If you were own, your own personal savior, why would Jesus even come, right? He didn't come to show you you are your personal savior. He came to show you that he is your savior because he is the firstborn from many brothers. He is the lamb slain since the foundation of the world, right? Mm-hmm. We all know this. He's the one that we behold and are changed into his likeness, right? right? So we have this, but, but where is it? It's in us. Mm-hmm. So it's a recognition of Christ within, 
and that and the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua is his name, you know, because his name is actually Yeshua. Mm-hmm. We say Jesus because they made that name up, but Yeshua is actually his name. Translated. They translated it, and then they and then they had Jehovah, which is Yahweh. Those are all made up words. Um, they just wanted it. They they said they made up those words to make it easier to pronounce, but I don't believe them. It's Yeshua. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's so yeah. much there's so much uh, scamminess that goes on in politics and religion, and I'm just like, I don't know, you know. But anyway, you can call him Jesus. He knows who you're yeah. talking about, you know. He and does. you can call him Yeshua because that's actually how you say his name in his actual language. Um, or you can just become aware of him, and you don't have to say anything. <laughs> So, so David is a man after God's own heart, right? Mm-hmm. David is, and, and Jesus came from the line of David, right? He came from the bloodline of David. And David did some things you can read about that you can read about through the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? And, and David did some things that were kind of interesting, but nobody knew he was doing them. <laughs> nobody. Like, he didn't have a, a cell phone. Because you, you could imagine, you know, a TikTok or or yeah. or an Instagram of David fighting a fighting a bear or a lion. Right. It'd be like, oh, I know David. What? Oh, he's got a million followers on Instagram. I see him all the time. He's been fighting bears and lions. You should let him fight that giant. <laughs> you know, that's what it would be in today's thing. But right. David is over by himself. He's 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 in a field taking care taking care of taking care of the flock. Taking care. You'd say, well, but what about you know? And I could say this to any pastor we call you know pastors right don't feel the need to have to broadcast everything that you do you know what i'm saying you just take care of the flock but watch what god's doing see god's doing something in us and as we're learning and we're growing in these little what we would think are little things they're stepping stones to greater things Mm -hmm. so never um you know be ashamed of a small beginning or a beat or 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 a tiny time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it's part of the development and growth that we have in him. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't give up what God's shown you when you're making little steps, what you see as little steps. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what you think is a little step is actually a big step. Big. Yeah, it might be a big step. And you don't realize it until it's all over and you look back. Have you ever had those times in your life and you're like, oh, I remember when I decided to do this. And it was just a simple little decision and the whole course of your life went this way. You know, and we all do that. It's li- you know, in the scripture it talks about the tongue, how the tongue is so powerful. Yes. Because if you say a tongue, if you say something with your tongue, it sets the course of your whole life. And, the, and, and it actually talks about it like a rudder of a ship. It's not very big. You can have a very small rudder move a very big ship. And that's the thing is when we make these decisions, when we do these things in God, these what we consider might be little decisions, they're moving the whole ship. Yeah. You know, and so God's showing us this. And he knows what's important, what isn't important, you know? So some things that were like, oh, it's so important. I got to get on my Instagram. I got to tell everybody what just happened. I got to get on, on Facebook. Got to get on Choice Social, you know? Right. Tell people about what's happening, what I'm doing, yeah. you know, how much God's been using me lately, you know? Or that's a religious thing, you know, but they can also do, uh, you know, I can get online and see how, how many, how many uh, places I visited this year, how many vacations I've been on, you know? Yeah, right. and, and, you know, I... I think it's great. I think it's... Post pictures of what they ate. Yeah. And here's my other meal again. But I do it, you know. But I think that people, you know, for one thing, you want people to rejoice with you. Sure. You know, you do want that. You want them to be happy for you and see how things are going for you. And, um, you know, we're not doing it. You don't want to spur people on to jealousy because that's what ends up happening. 
But, um, you know, so we're seeing a lot of um, learning when it comes to what's important and what isn't. So we can look at, um, you know, what King David said, just so I can show you some scriptures. Um, Because we like the scriptures. The scriptures are good. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll look at a couple of these. You know, so the first one here is 1 Samuel 17. And, and this is just the times where he... So David is in front of Saul, right? So Saul's like the president, mm-hmm. you know, of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, all right, here I am in front of the president, right? Uh-huh. And um, here, I'll bring it up here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put it on the screen here for us to look at. So this is 1 Samuel, okay? 1 Samuel 17. So, so here, so they're, this is like their conversation. So David said to Saul, um, I'm going to do the NIRV, which is the reader's version. It'll be even easier to understand. David said to Saul, don't let anyone lose hope because of that Philistine. I'll go out and fight him. He's talking about Goliath, okay. the giant, the Nephilim. Okay, he's a Nephilim. 12 feet. Yeah, he's like 10, 10 11, 12 feet. He's big. Jeez. Because the Nephilim, they're the giants. Can you imagine? Yeah. I can't imagine. People no. get upset when you talk about Nephilim. I'm like, a Nephilim is like one of the biggest stories in the Bible is about a Nephilim. Wow. The giant, and it says it right there. He's a Nephilim, right? He's, yeah. he's one of the giant race. It's a giant race. They were supposed to destroy all the giants. The giants were super bad. You know, you can go, and, you can go online even and read about um, the American Indians. Okay. The American Indians, the, these Nephilim giants like Goliath, they were all over the earth. They were a result of angels and women coming together and creating offspring. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. It's found in the book of Enoch. It's talked about, hinted at at the very beginning in Genesis, but it's really it's really fleshed out in Enoch. You can read about them and you can read what their decision was and all this. And the Lord was very upset with them. They got in a lot of trouble for this, right? Obviously. But all their offspring were really evil, like super evil. And so they, they harassed everyone, the whole earth. They were like a scourge on the earth these giants. Okay. And so you read about in ancient um, American Indian mm-hmm. history that there were um, a pretty, I think it was in Ohio, there was a pretty bad group of giants that uh-huh. ticked off every single Indian tribe. Like they were so bad. And you know the Indian tribes, they fought each other. But they were so angry with this giant group that they all got together and fought them and they beat them. Wow. And they took over their city and lived in it. And, and so there's a city, and if you look at this city, it's giant. Like, the archways are huge. Everything about this, this city is huge. And they said, well, the American Indians lived in here. And then they were like, but I don't think they made it. <laughs> and that's when you study and you find out about these giants that came. So they have these giant bones, and they find the giant bones all the time. And so, you know, our Smithsonian took all of the giant bones. Yeah, the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian. Comes and takes them. The Smithsonian Institute actually has yeah. hidden archives, they, really, yeah. where they've actually taken all of those bones, and they don't display them. They hide them. They hid they all the giant bones. And they go through yeah. the newspaper articles and archives and things right. and try to remove. But good riddance. Information <laughs> of them. Oh. But, but good riddance to these guys, because they're not very nice. Oh. So, so David is David is there, and he's with Saul, and and and. You know, here's here's a Nephilim, and he has brothers too. By the way, it talks about them in scripture. They're also giants, sure. right? He killed all of them, um, but they're evil men. They're evil, and they're not good, and they, and they're not human. <laughs> they're not human. <laughs> they're not human. No, that's why they're called Nephilim. They look like they're human, but they're not, not human. They? 
they're a, they're a hybrid mixed race between hybrid angels and, race. and people. Okay. Now, if you study, and I, I mean, I'm going to put this out there, okay? I'm going to put this out there. Angels people can, women. it's angels mixed with, with women. Okay. And, and it's a hybrid race. It's not good. Okay. Now, I'll put this out there just so that people know, but, uh-huh. but there is some people that do believe that some of David's mighty men may have been Nephilim that had been restored. In other words, their bloodline had been, had been restored by the fact that they were with David and the anointing okay. in David's life actually restored these guys. Uh-huh. I, it's, a, it's a theory. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, but it is a theory that's out there. It could very well be the case. I don't have any scriptures about it, right. okay? So anyone's For like, where's your scriptures? There's no scriptures against it, <laughs> yeah, okay. but there are, I don't, but there could be some hints and there are some people that teach this. But the Nephilim in general, bad news, there's, there's stories of them being fought all over. Now, I know the Egyptians kind of worship them, which they probably demanded that anyway, um, because you see that giants in the Egyptian writings too. Yes. So this was not a fairy fa- uh, tale, fantasy tale. They, right. they, they were real. And that's why you see them here in the scriptures. So these giant men, terrible people, they've been wiped off the face of the earth. They are not on the earth anymore and they will never come back again. That whole situation that made them, God made sure that would not happen again. You'll read about that in the book of Enoch. He, mm-hmm. That will, will not happen again. They cannot create that type of bloodline anymore because those particular beings are in chains. Wow. They can't move. <laughs> they have been put in a place like a holding cell. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what they did was really bad. So Enoch yes. helped us out there. Very powerful um, person. Enoch is a very powerful man of God. Uh-huh. And um, he was kind of a go-between uh, between the Lord and these this group because they were not allowed to they didn't speak directly. He actually, they actually had their own um, person that they used to plead their case to God, and it was Enoch. Okay. And the Lord wasn't very happy with the fact that they used Enoch to plead their case. He said, you should be pleading man's case with me instead of making man plead your case to me. Like, they really screwed that up, okay? Wow. Now, there is no redemption for them, okay? We just got to know that, all right? Now, whatever God does in the future, that's what the Lord does. What we concentrate on right now is what God's doing in us, mankind, human human beings, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's only human beings, Jamie. There's not other beings. Well, apparently there's a Nephilim, okay? So <laughs> that's another being. Anyway, uh-huh. I'm not going to argue with the invisible arguer out there. But So David said to Saul, don't let anyone lose hope because of that Philistine. Okay, he's talking about Goliath of Gath. I'll go out and fight him. And Saul replied, you aren't able to go out there and fight that Philistine. So, so Saul is natural. He's all, everything's in the natural here for him. Saul's the king, right? Everything's natural to him. He's looking at David. He's, he's not even like the greatest, you know, strong guy, even in the family. Mm -hmm. And he's, and he comes in all confident. What's wrong with this kid? You're not able to, you're not able to defeat this guy, right? But David said to Saul, well, I've been taking care of my father's sheep. Well, how many people out there take care of their father's sheep? I'm guessing everybody at some point, you know, has done something in the family to take care of sheep. And, you know, what is that? A, is that a, a accommodation to fight the, the hardest, most difficult? But what does he say? He said, I've been taking, well, first of all, so you're not able to go out. You're too young. And he's been a fighting man ever since he was a boy. Okay. You aren't able to do it. Okay. He's, he's been a fighting man ever since he's, he's a boy. Okay. But David said to Saul, I've been taking care of my father's sheep. He didn't say, I've been in the army too. He wasn't. He was taking care of his father's sheep. 
Sometimes a lion or a bear would come and carry off a sheep from the flock. Then I would go after it and hit it. (laughs) I would save the sheep it was carrying in its mouth. If it turned around to attack me, I would grab hold of its hair and I would strike it down and kill it. Now, he's letting him know, I've had some experience in fighting things that seem to be a bit over my pay grade. Uh (laughs) Okay? In fact, I've killed both a lion and a bear. I'll do the same thing to this Philistine. He isn't even circumcised. He understands what did circumcision represent? Covenant. This Philistine has no agreement with God. And we do. He has no covenant, no contract. In other words, God is not obligated in any way to take care of him, but he is promised to take care of us. So anytime you're dealing with a thing that we call uncircumcised, Philistine, understand what that's, that's what that means. So, so David is in this place where nobody sees him. Right. Nobody knows he's there. And he's killing bears and lions by grabbing the lion by the mane and killing it. Jeez. <laughs> he's like, first I hit it with the rock. And then if it runs after me, I grab it by the, by the mane and I kill it. Oh, but, see, but see, look what he's doing. Because look where, he, look where he is. He said... He has dared the armies of the living God to fight him. He's talking about Goliath. He's like, this is a lion and a bear. I took care of them. This guy, this Nephilim, has dared the armies of the living God. This is how we need to see ourselves. This is how... Remember when they went into the promised land, okay? Joshua took... Joshua and Caleb went in, and a whole bunch of other people went in. Remember they put a scouting mission out there to go into the promised land? I'm talking about earlier in, in, okay. in the Bible, okay? So they're going to go into the promised land, and they say, we're going to send out a scouting mission. One from each tribe. And we're going to have them take, yep, one from each tribe. We're going we're gonna to take a look at this promised land and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And you know what they said? What? Almost every single one of them but two, they said, there's giants. We look like grasshoppers. They will destroy us. Let's get out of here. And Joshua and Caleb said, this land is flowing with milk and honey. Look at the size of the grapes we just brought back. God will deliver us from these evil giants. Wow. Okay? So, what was Saul seeing? <laughs> yeah. So, so that, it's the same example. Who, who are you? Right. And what are you coming against? Are you small in your own sight? Or are you part of the army of God? Are you, are, do you have the backing of covenant with God? An agreement. What's our agreement? The new covenant. Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So our, our agreement is with God. So the Lord, this is Yahweh. So in verse 37, David says, Yahweh saved me from the paw of the lion. He saved me from the paw of the bear. And he'll save me from the powerful hand of this Philistine too. And what did Saul say? Go, and may Yahweh be with you. In other words, something came over David. Mm-hmm. The anointing of God was evident in him. And when he spoke, and he had the authority that came from heaven, Saul even recognized it. He said, send that guy out. Wow. Send that guy out. He still wasn't sure, you know, the story. He threw his own armor on him. He's like, here, why don't you wear my armor? And David's like, this is not working. Yeah. Right? Because you are who God made you to be. Operate within the realm of what God made you to be. You don't have to be another person. You don't have to put someone else's armor on. You don't have to copy all the, you know, 
church growth manual books and how to be a better person in three extra days. Be who God made you to be. Let God lead you in, in these things. So what's neat about David is that David is out there with the sheep. He's out there fighting the lion and the bear. He didn't need to get his phone out and broadcast things on Instagram, right? Because his contentment was with the Lord. His contentment was with him. He was a man after God's own heart. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, in our world today, there's a lot of, um, you know, we're trying to find our identity. People are trying to find their identity. The reason that we broadcast a lot and we do things a lot, like online, people put things on social media and they put things all over and they're trying to build up a name for themselves. It's like an identity crisis. If everyone says you're that thing, well, maybe that, that's what you are. But why don't we let God identify us? Why don't we let him be the one that defines who we are? And when we do that, we'll notice that God has delivered the lion and the bear. God has done things in our lives in the past. When we recognize every good thing that he's already done and then begin to walk in that. Now, I'm not talking about things that we've done that we knew we shouldn't have done. I'm talking about the things that God's done in our life. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Focusing on those things. And sometimes like, I don't even know what those are. You're like, I've never even thought about it. That's why you haven't thought about mm-hmm. it. If you think about the things that God's done for you in the past, mm-hmm. think about them. You know, just be like, what has God done for me in the past? Okay. You know, and sometimes you can look and you can see like you thought, well, somehow I have this. I wonder where that came. Well, that was the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow I got to this place in my life. I wonder how. Th- well, that was the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Acknowledging him in all the aspects of our life, it built, it's, it's relationship with him. Yeah. In other words, you're moving by the heart of God. God is the one defining you. He defines you. He does define you whether we acknowledge it or not. He does define us. Right. The reason we get in trouble is when we forget that. You yeah. know? So as he's, as he's doing this, as he's changing us, so David is there. He's quiet. He's in this place in the spirit, right? He's, he, what, he's got his harp. What is he doing? He's ministering to the Lord with his harp. Because you guys know, you, you, you know about David and his harp. He's got like this little mini harp he carries around with him, right? And he just and he just plays it. Who's he playing it for? There's no one out there. Yeah. The sheep aren't like, good job, David. That was yeah, a great yeah. song. You know, yeah. it, it, he's playing to the Lord. Uh-huh. This is your life. It's your worship. Mm-hmm. Your, your life is your worship. You've been given so you're in the physical world right now you have like this we're kind of like in a um like a training time like or 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 the better way is we're in a playground okay (laughs) that's actually what it is it's really just a playground so it's a playground and it's wisdom's playground okay we're working with the spirit of wisdom right and so we're learning and we're growing you know a lot of times when you go you're in kindergarten first grade what do you do you play when you teach a kid what are you teaching them you're teaching them in the play right that's no different yeah. than you and I right now. No matter what your age is, you're still in the playground. But you're learning other things, right? Some people don't, haven't learned squat. No, they've, they've been in the playground for a long time, and they, ain't, they haven't been playing. Yeah. They're just not playing. They're just sitting and being a, you know, nasty. And they're not learning. But when you're in the play, you know, and then we have, it's not just us. Could you imagine all the kids in the playground and there's no you know, teacher aides or recess people out there, it would be a little, mm. be a little messy, right? right. <laughs> Billy's yeah. pulling my hair again. You know, you got to have somebody that you can talk to about it, right? Mm-hmm. So we do have mentors. We do have people there. Right. But we've been given, this is why I like playground the most. And, and, and this is why the scripture calls it wisdom's playground is because 
there is this aspect to being in the spirit of freedom to explore in God. It's a freedom to create. It's a freedom to innovate. It's a freedom to be who you are in him. And it's not this regimented, everybody sit down in class now, look up at the screen, you know, look up at the, t- it's, it's, it is more of an interactive process. And, mm-hmm. and for younger children, they need that. They need that ability to, to go outside, to play, to interact with other kids, to do these things. Mm-hmm. So we know this in the natural. Now I'm going to say shift and look at it in the spirit. Yeah. Who are with you on the playground? Right. People say, don't talk to angels. That's worshiping angels, but they're with you on the playground. You know? What about the Lord? You can't talk to the Lord like that now. You will be able to talk to the Lord like that in the future when you die. You can't see heaven now. You can only see that in the future. Oh, well, what about all the people in the Bible that were in heaven and saw heaven? And they actually talked about it because they wrote it down on, on in books. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, John, <laughs> Jesus, Paul... <laughs> Peter, they all saw heaven before they died. How do we know? Because they wrote it in the book. What is in this playground that we're in? What kind of things has God given to us? Are we free to explore in him? We are. We've got teacher aides. We've got people out there in the playground with us. But we're children. We're just learning. And God's given us this. So I see David out there with the sheep, you know, he's free. He, he, hey, everyone, um, we're, we're going to be picking a king. He's like, I'm out with the sheep. You can get with me later. Yeah. He doesn't need to be the king, right? He's content in the Lord. He's out there playing his songs before the Lord. Beautiful. Does anybody else hear those songs? A lot of people hear those songs. Mm. And they're hearing them now. But they're not out there in the field. Mm. They're in the heavenly realm. See, it's, it's the playground of the Lord. It's the place that he gave us to express ourselves in him. Right. See, what sin tells you is the world's a place to express sin. But it's not. The world is the place to express the righteousness of God. And as that increases on the earth, we are going to see great things. There are certain things in the earth right now that we have completely accepted as normal. And they are not normal. And I will tell you, they will change. They will, it will not always be like this. People die. Guess what? One day, people won't die. The Bible actually talks about a time before we get to the point where people don't die, where people live to be as old as a tree. Jeez. A thousand years? Yeah. How long do trees live for? And they said if somebody were to die before, what was it, like a hundred or something years old, they would be considered just a little kid. Mm-hmm. There's a time coming in the future. The Bible talks about it. Okay. What is happening to us? I really don't know. <laughs> but I know where we're headed. And okay. I trust the Lord that he's bringing us to this place. But we do need to leave behind these old ideas. Mm-hmm. These ideas of having to um, promote ourselves. Mm-hmm. To prove ourselves to other people. We don't have to do that. Be who God made you to be. Live out of the love that you sense from God from heaven. Live out of that. Mm-hmm. Don't live out of this separated mentality, this idea that the physical world is evil and only the invisible world is good. Move away from that. Move into that in the presence of God. So David talks about the lion and the bear. David talks about all the things that he did 
you know, when he was, um, let me see if some other, um, the other um, references to that here, you know, and, um, okay, so this was in, so these were in 1 Samuel 17, 34, 36, and in verse 37, you can see that as well. So this is where he just mentioned this. And, you know, there's going to be things that God has shown you in the past that you didn't really think much about it at the time. Mm -hmm. But you'll come into a new place in the future and you're going to remember what happened then. And you're going to be able to use that experience that you had in this next thing, you know. So always don't, um, you know, don't despise the things of God, whether in your eye it's big or small. Mm-hmm. Honor each one of them for what they are. Because a lot of times that thing that you thought was a little step was a big step. That thing that you thought was a little gift was a big gift. Because we have to look at it with the eyes of, of the Spirit. You know, this is like, you know, when you're, when you're younger, and you're in, I mean, when you have little, little kids. Right. And they come up to you and they make you a picture. And they say, this is a picture for you, Daddy. You know, this is a picture for you, Mommy. Mm-hmm. You cherish it. You cherish it. Mm-hmm. Why do you cherish it? Because of love. Right. God cherishes us. Because we feel like we have to get everything together before God will love what we have. But He loves us for who we are because we're His children. Mm-hmm. So keep giving Him those things. Keep giving them to Him. You say, well, I'm not a good... I'm not a good drawer. <laughs> But you are, because God cherishes your gifts. He cherishes the things that you and he enjoy together, because you're enjoying it together. Because right. he is quality time. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is, that is one of his love languages. He does love quality time. Uh-huh. So cherish those times with him. Because, you know, we have, like, again, when everybody's posturing and everybody's trying to say how great they are and stuff, yes. what does it do to the rest of us? We're like, what have I got to give? What have I got to do? But we don't even realize all that posturing is all the soul anyway. You know, and, and, and how did they get to where they were? You know, some people are naturally gifted in certain areas. That's fine. Some people are, but you know, like I was saying before, you know, and I told you what it was with me and the piano before, but that was just the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, oh, apparently I can do this. It's for him. Mm-hmm. It's always been for him. Yes. I don't, you don't need to be at Carnegie Hall or some other place and be like, hey, and everyone's like, yay, good job. And they all pay tickets to listen to you run around and right. do your thing. Right. What do we have in us is higher. How, much, how big is the multitude in heaven, by the way? Have you ever read some of the scriptures about that? Not really. In, in some of the scriptures, it talks about it's innumerable. <laughs> but but where is all the glory going anyway what glory do you have you know it's the glory that he's given us and and we find our true fulfillment in worshiping the lord mm-hmm. we find our true fulfillment in going back up into the source we give it back we go once you go back up into the source the joy that comes because what it is it's it's a natural position you know you see there's scriptures that talk about being um a pillar in the house of God, mm-hmm. to behold him and to just stand there. Mm-hmm. Behold, like we were singing, gazing, just beholding the Lord. Mm-hmm. How does that even become a thing? Apparently it is a thing. Mm-hmm. To behold the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to be in his presence. And that's why it says, you will be like a pillar in the house of God. 
What, these are all higher level things, okay? To be a pillar in the house of God and to behold him and to behold his beauty and to behold who he is and, and, the, and the satisfaction and the heights of, of um, fulfillment that comes from beholding God is phenomenal. You know, and here we are running around trying to make a name for ourselves. And it's like, no, but it's his name. It's his name. So he's teaching us because we're in this playground time. You know, and we make little sandcastles and they're so cute. And we do little things and they're great. But it's for us to learn. It's for us to learn. And what are we learning? We're learning the way. And what is the way? It's the way of the love of God. And the love of God is a very distinct, what I call, frequency of love. It's a frequency of the love of God. All this other ah, funny stuff. You know what? You know, fear is, is an opposite frequency. It's like an opposing frequency. If you have a lot of fear, it means that there's torment involved in that. But the Bible talks about perfected love. It means mature love. Mm -hmm. It means that I am able to release that fear because that's not mine. Mm -hmm. I'm able to release that fear and receive in me the love that God has for me, that I don't have to be afraid for the future. I don't have to be afraid for myself. I don't have to be afraid because I have taken all of that and I've given it to him and I trust him completely with it and I receive the love that he's given me, that he will love me forever. And that love will sustain me. That love will hold me. That love will provide for me. That love will protect me because all of that is entailed in the love of God. And it's unselfish love it is a giving love like jesus said um, a man hath no love than one who would give his life for his friend you know mm -hmm. a, a love that of, of who's a man who sticks closer than a brother you know this is what a true friend is this is what a true uh, person who holds us see we hold him in our heart but he holds us in his heart mm -hmm. you sing the song he's got the whole world in his hands right mm -hmm. <laughs> jesus loves the little children of the world you know we know that one right mm -hmm. Those are good things to remember. They're very powerful concepts. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. So what happens is, is we forget. We start living our lives without the knowledge of God. And it becomes a very fearful thing. Mm -hmm. Because we forget. We can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we forget. And, and you know what happens when you knew you forgot? Just remember and just get right back to it. <laughs> it's it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, we we kind of we try to make it like such a oh, you have to do this. Well, oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember now. You yeah. know, like I was saying last week about Hook, you know, where he's looking at him, where are you, Peter? Oh, there you are. He just scrunched his face up a little bit. Yeah. He was always there. God was always there. We just weren't looking. Yeah. You know. So, David is a great example. There are other great examples, but David, you know, is one that stands stands apart. From a lot of people because number one um you know jesus is in his line he's he's that's is like david right and um and what he's demonstrating to us so he had he's a real person you know but there's so many mystical layers or spiritual layers to what david did it's phenomenal yeah, right, right? Yeah. because it's and it was it david it was god in him you know and if you read through the psalms you know read through them look at how he treated his soul you know, oh soul, be still within me, right? The soul's getting agitated. Be still. No, be still and know that no God, you know? Like he'd be frustrated. Look at all these evil men, you know? They're sharpening their teeth to devour you, you know? And then he's like, but the Lord, but the Lord will fight for me. The Lord will uphold my cause. He will sustain me. 
and he was in dark places. Because this is just the beginning of David's journey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He had lots of other things happen after this, right? Uh But he trusted in the Lord. And why is that? It's because those little things that we thought were little were actually big. Big. Mm -hmm. And those things that he learned at that time were, were the learning and building blocks. Now, he had to learn a lot more too, right? And we have a lot more to learn too. But don't despise the things that are small because they're not as small as you think. They're not as small as you think. Mm. Okay. You know what Jesus said about the little children? He said, they were like, Jesus, these little children, they're coming in and they're bothering you. You're trying to teach a, teach a lesson to everybody and they're coming in, they're being so noisy and they're jumping on your lap. And you're Jesus, you're the son of God. They're jumping on your lap. What is going on here? You know, and, um, and Jesus is like, no, let them come. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. You see, he was trying to show us the simplicity of the message is that God works with you. Don't despise children are little. See how we despise little things? Don't despise children just because they're little. That child right there could be your president in the future. You don't know what, you don't know who you are looking at. You don't know what is happening. Children are just physically little versions of everyone. But see, we do this all the time. And, you know, like even in, in modern churches nowadays, you know, and I've heard reports of this forever, they, nobody wants to help the children. They want to go to the church. They want to, who wants to be on stage and sing a special? Oh, yes, I do, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they all want to get up there. Let's get that light on me and let me sing my song, yeah. you know. But what about the children? And the light is shining on the children in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a couple people that want to help. Wow. But see, we've got a shift our perspective. It's not always easy. The world wants to pull you out of that. So you got to remember, 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 remember. You know, in our old church, we used to do a lot of volunteering. Mm -hmm. There was always a new need for volunteering, you know, and then we would have volunteer meetings, volunteer awards, you know, things along those lines to kind of keep the, keep the engine running, so to speak. Big organizations need, um, either you're going to hire out a lot of employees Right. But most nonprofits don't have that kind of income. They're True. most of the time they're sustaining large buildings and things like that that are very expensive. Yeah. So they have to build big volunteer teams. And when they do that, they gotta motivate the base. Mm-hmm. It's important, you know, you know, people come and they're all discouraged and sure. things. They gotta volunteer for all these programs and things that are, you know, you know, important mm-hmm. to the organization. And um, you know, but a lot of times people wanna volunteer in positions that have a public face. Again, promoting ourselves, promoting what we're doing. Oh, look at you. You're, you're doing good, Jamin. You're, you're the head of this division and the head of that division. That's fine. I appreciate. We, you can be thankful for everything, yeah. okay? Be thankful for that. That's yeah. great, too. You know, okay, yeah, you got the top of the organization. That's excellent. Good job. Mm-hmm. But, but where should we put the highest value? There's more. In the secret place. Mm-hmm. In that place with him. The thing that the world calls little and unimportant that is actually great in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. Put your thoughts on those things. Mm -hmm. See the value that God has put in place in what man considers small. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you'll shift and then you'll start to see things differently. And then when a Philistine comes up and everyone's like, that's a giant Philistine. And you're like, actually, that's not a giant Philistine. Mm Yeah. Because your perspective. So what is great is now small. And what is small is now great. It's the upside down world yeah. of the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that. 
You know, because the Philistine's great in the eyes of of Saul and the whole nation of Israel, right. but to David, he's little tiny, little tiny guy. Why is that? Well, number one, he's not even, and he's like, of all the things, I mean, I killed the lion, the bear. He's not even circumcised. Right. He doesn't even have a. He doesn't even have a, a, a covenant with God, guys. I mean, he's so little. Right. But when you spend your t- day posturing yourself, making things great that are small, and things that are small, great, you have it backwards. Suffer the little children. To come unto me, Jesus said, let them come. He said, go low. <laughs> he did. Right, go. Amplify the small. Mm-hmm. That is where the secret lies. Right. You go low to go high. Correct. That's the way it's always been, all the way since the beginning. <laughs> You're right. So we got to teach ourselves. We got to let the Lord keep teaching us this lesson. It's such an important lesson. Mm-hmm. You know one thing that you'll have when you're one of the side effects of this lesson? What? Contentment. Ah. You'll get contented. Why? Because you've stopped looking for the thing that's not the thing you should be looking what after. Before? You know what I'm saying? It's always hard to get that thing you're not supposed to have because you're not mm-hmm. supposed to have it. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm very, you know, I, I think it's um, Garth Brooks had a song. I thank God for unanswered prayers or something like that about like this girl he wanted to date or whatever oh, and he never okay. did and, uh-huh. and he saw her later he's like oh man thank God for unanswered prayers <laughs> you know and so it's like a really famous um, okay. country song um, funny. but but again that's that's kind of part of our training mm-hmm. you know we look for this we look for that and I can think of many times not you know maybe related to Garth Brooks but other things you know where I'm just like man I am so glad that I didn't do that mm-hmm. you know I could have been a pastor in Roanoke Virginia a youth pastor who was on television. That was like one of my first opportunities, and that yeah. thing shut quick. Uh-huh. I could have been in Australia, you know. Wow. One of the like those. There were a couple places that I could have been, mm-hmm. you know. But God knew where to put me. He understood, and, and and sometimes you go through these times where you're really low. Nobody nobody knows anything, and then other times right. where everybody knows you, right. and then other times where nobody knows you, and then every. But does it matter? It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. <laughs> But what does, what is important is that our oneness with him, our one spirit with the Lord, the fact that our heart and his heart are one one heart, and the fact that he's ministering to us in amazing ways every day and becoming more and more aware of that interaction we're having with God, be it in looking at a bird, (laughs) a tree, Mm -hmm. the wind, the different things that he's speaking to us in our heart and telling us, and, and bringing us into a place of maturity. Mm-hmm. Because as that love is matured, guess what it does? It casts out fear. It casts it out. Mm-hmm. As, our, as our love, the love that we're interacting with in God increases, fear goes. And in its place comes peace, mm-hmm. joy, Great. and love, right? And hope. Right, That's these are beautiful. things, and they never disappoint. The Bible says you will beautiful. never be disappointed with those. Beautiful. If you read that in First Corinthians. So anyway, think about David this week. You know, if you think about something about David, be like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got it, man. He's got, well, he's got that relationship with God because he's after his heart. Right. He's a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. People want to do the things, the external things, to show right. that they're with God. Right. How many times did you read? What things, you know, depending on denomination you're in, you know, how many, like for our denomination, it was more like, how many um, volunteer things did you do? Or how much money did you give? Like, these are all things. And, and then in other denominations, it'd be like, how many, 
you know, things they do in the Catholic Church or in this and that. And, yeah. it, and it's all this works yeah. that we're trying to prove something to God. And in reality, God's like, look, just chill. <laughs> yeah, really. Just chill out and, and be like David. You know, play your song to me if it's a song you play. Put your thoughts on me. Watch me destroy this lion and bear that are coming against you. Mm-hmm. Let, me pro- let me show you. Let, let this love be matured within you through these experiences that we're having together. You and God together. Mm-hmm. We're having it together. Now we're having it with each other too, but we're, we're always having it with him. Because mm-hmm. you can always go back to the very beginning of when you were born on the earth. And you can remember him with you at the beginning. And I always tell people this. People say, well, what do you want to tell me about God? And I said, well, that he's always loved you and he always has thought about you and you're his idea. Mm-hmm. And, and then I say, if you will think, and you, will ask, you can even ask God, God, show me where you were in my life. And he'll show you all the places he's been your whole life. And go on a little trip with Jesus if you want. People sometimes reminisce about the good times, the bad times, the people. Obviously, there's lots of people. The older you get, yeah. and then you're like, where'd all the people go? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they're all gone and it's just yeah. me now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it does happen. But they're not gone. They're in heaven, right? And, and, and they're with the Lord. And which where we all will be, and we can be aware of them, right? Yes. And then there's other people now that are around us that are different than the other people, and that's okay, yes. right? He's expanding us. Mm-hmm. We will be reunited with the others in heaven, mm-hmm. the ones that have gone before us. It's not a problem. That's why they're not sad. That's why, you know, in the Bible it says that in it's heaven there's no, there's, no sa- there's no sadness in heaven. Well, sure. there's got to be a good reason for that. Mm-hmm. They know something that we know but we don't really know like they know yet right and they know that it's not like we think Mm -hmm. we think we have separation and they're like well i actually have always been watching you wow (laughs) from heaven though yeah from heaven and what am i saying you can do it you can fulfill your calling you can finish your race you can finish your course you can do it in him you can do it strong in god that's what they're saying you are righteous. You are holy. You are created in the image of God. That's who you are. That's what they're saying from heaven. They're encouraging us to move forward. They're encouraging us to take up that thing that God's put within our heart and say, it will be done on the earth. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. And be like, well, what's this great thing? Well, what about the great thing of I have a relationship with God that I really cherish? And there's right. many things ahead of me. And there's great things that he's got in store for me. I'm enjoying this cup of coffee today in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And that's a beautiful, and that's a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah, it was very good. So what are you going to do? You know, you just enjoy the things that God gave you. Yes. And in enjoying those things with him, mm-hmm. we're going up into a higher place mm-hmm. because the love that's within us is being matured by the spirit of God within us. You know, and these tutors and these things that God's brought into our lives to teach us what? The way of righteousness. Right. The way of the kingdom of heaven. What it means to go low. Amen. All right, Father, we thank you for this great, for this, the great things that you've put within us, that I'm in him and he is in me. You are in us as we go up higher into the realms of the kingdom with you. We love you so much. Thank you for revealing yourself in all these different areas of our lives, for maturing that love in us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.